and welcome to the Way Out Westy podcast. My name is Mike Leather and this is our little corner of the internet that's all about travel, aircraft VWs, technical advice and doing it in your camper. Yep, I know you do too, so let's get rolling. Hello and welcome to the Way Out Westy podcast, episode 9. So, Straight off the bat, um, massive apologies to Joe and Sam of Bearded Outdoors, who I recorded a podcast with a year ago now. Um, I'm so sorry, guys, that I haven't released it up until now. Um, no excuses. Um, I guess maybe a little excuse, but uh, essentially over the last 12 months, um, it's been an interesting one for us all, isn't it? Um, I initially had about two weeks downtime uh, with no new inquiries. Um, and then it exploded and I've just not stopped ever since. It's been a pretty interesting one with lots of ups and downs, but essentially I've just not stopped working. Um, I guess I'm in in the privileged position where I work for myself and don't have any employees, so I could carry on my servicing work throughout. Um, Also, my carb kits flew off my shelves. I was really struggling to keep up with those, still am, um, because uh, obviously the zero contact and lots of people at home doing projects um, and working on their buses so it's it's been good in some respects um, but obviously we've all been missing getting out and about in our vehicles so hopefully that's uh, that's due to change. Um, so a couple of little updates for Way Out Westy. Um, I am of course uh, carrying on doing the servicing, uh, annual engine servicing only as a mobile service. Um, I can obviously take on servicing uh, at my workshop in St Albans. Um, secondly, of course, I'm doing the one-to-one workshops. I started them up again fairly recently once the uh, lockdown lifted and the rules changed um, so I could do the one-to-ones. Um, I've only done one-to-ones ever, so I don't have a horde of people at one time. So I've been able to keep it up in places where others have not when I have groups. Um, and uh, obviously going forwards, I have in the last year and a half to two years now, been uh, planning um, an online version of the course. Um, I did start recording that some year and a half ago, uh, but just again, because of COVID and working seven days a week, pretty much, um, I've just not been able to kind of have the time to kind of get that out. Um, Obviously, there are a few other companies that have jumped on the bandwagon um, to do those, but uh, I assure you I will be doing them uh, very differently. So, with the carp kits that I'm doing, um, essentially what I decided to do, I got so fed up with seeing some of these carb kits out there, or should I say all of those carb kits out there, they don't come jetty correctly, they come full of swarf and dust, and they don't come set up built, you have to build all the manifolds, you have to build all the linkage, so I thought, ah, sod it, I'm just going to make um, make my own kits, I basically get the kits, I build them, I clean them, I reject them, and label everything up, provide full instructions, and then ship them out to you DIY. And then on hand for any questions that you may have uh, in the setup process. So if you're interested in some twin cards that give you not only better miles per gallon, but also a bit of extra performance and torque uh, on your engine, give me a shout at wayoutwisty.com. So today's episode, as I said, bearded out deals, Joe and San, off we go. This episode is sponsored by Infall Speed. Infall Speed is a family-run business who create beautiful clothing that's all VW related. You can find them at infallspeed.com. That's I-N-F-O-U-R speed.com. These guys are all about family, camping, adventures, and of course, 
starting them young on VWs. You've got to check out their hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, canvas bags, caps, and loads more coming soon. It's currently my absolute favorite hoodie. You may well have seen me wear it on uh, my Instagram or on my webpage. If you haven't, you've got to check it out. So many awesome colors, so many awesome designs. Lovingly handmade by genuine VW lovers, Roger, Ali, and Amy. They own a 1972 crossover VW camper named Dottie. It's something a bit different in the VW world. So you guys, go check them out. That's infullspeed.com. How's how's things work-wise? Obviously, for you, doing it, it's like just yeah. So for me, I've just been at home because I work in a school, and they've only kept a very small uh, number of staff on. So they've kept either like the big wigs, or yeah. then the people who have individual students usually anyway. So I've had two weeks at home, so yeah. I've had it easy. Yeah, <laughs> I've not had it so easy. Um, Imagine. No, been busy at work, working in the hospital. So, um, so I I work in intensive care. So it's um, we're pretty much um, kind of building up to be very very busy. But it's kind of started this week. Sure. Um, I mean, we get it, we get it after everywhere else. So because obviously people get sicker and sicker and it escalates. So yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of planning the last few weeks. Um, um, and as you've seen on the news, like trying to find ventilators and equipment and stuff like that. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been very stressful few weeks, and now the the hard work, the physical hard work is going to start probably now onwards, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And what's what's it sort of like in terms of you know, obviously we we see so much stuff in the news, or we try to avoid the news a little bit, but you want to kind of yeah. know what's going on. Um, I mean, are you guys kind of getting stuff you need like equipment protective stuff or is it just um we're getting most of the stuff we need um yeah in terms of like ppe and and, and protective equipment we're getting most stuff there's a few things that are a bit slow through the door mm. but um as of yesterday we sorted out um goggles and face visors and things like that so we've got a, a plan for that yeah um, so yeah we're getting most things um and hopefully actually looking at the way the industry is clubbing together it's probably going to get better from now on yeah yeah there's so um, many there's so many things that's kind of behind the scenes you kind of from people 3d printing parts for masks and this yeah. and um my my brother's currently my younger brother's currently in central london he works for the mod so he basically said right i've got to live in central london now for the for yeah. so i can actually get to work rather than going on the tube uh, my yeah. mum, uh she had some health issues a few years ago mm. so she's vulnerable can't leave the house so we're kind of taking her shopping and things um yeah. uh, but my younger brother did do a stint when he was at uni with a 3d printer which is at home so he's he's been basically getting my mum to 3d print stuff to keep her busy <laughs> um oh, wow, wow. Which, yeah which is like i can't believe my like my mum she's almost 70 and she's under instruction printing learning how to do it. yeah so <coughs> nhs stuff so yeah it's kind of a bit bizarre things that are happening oh, that, that's fantastic well yeah. she, it was very like, like she's got such a worthwhile job though to do while she's stuck yeah absolutely and she's she's always been one of these people she likes, she likes being out and about so it's getting to but her, also yeah. she likes to be involved and help people and all these she's things she's quite an active 
and it's really doing doing her head in mentally because she, she yeah. can't feel that and she's she not can't. she's not unwell at all help but she would be she, it could get really bad if she, if she yeah can't. yeah i mean yeah. if she, she got the it the, the risk for her yeah <laughs> thinking about surround to be super yeah. at the moment um and just kind of really trying to get as much information as we can and also kind of think okay so we're delivering food for her how can we make sure that it's not contaminated and how long should she leave it before she touches it and she's desperate for fresh fruit and veg so you you know leaving things 72 yeah. hours if it's like broccoli or so you think ah what can you do so it's just yeah working head round of that it's it's tricky but you know obviously like people like yourselves on the on the front line it's even more so but um anyway anyway um so how are you guys kind of home life and stuff you just pretty much just walking the dog um sort of, as, yeah, yeah, I mean, Winston doesn't like walking too far now anyway, because he's an old boy. Yeah. So sometimes you're like, oh, I've got an excuse to be out, but he doesn't really want to go that far. Yeah, he, just, he doesn't get it. That he just, he's not playing ball. It's like, come, come on, on keep going. No, don't want to. Um, yeah. No, we've been sort of looking at things recently because we're out about with our dog and uh, people yeah. like... He's very bouncy. Oh. We've taken him out because he will eat us at home if we don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think he's going to need, need counselling when everything returns back to normal. He'll be like, wait, yeah. we can't stay at home and do this and do this. So it's, yeah, no, it's, it's fun and games. But um, yeah, so I guess, that, yeah, just a handful of questions um, that we kind of had just very, very, very yeah. Um, just to I think I should do an introduction, uh, really, because <laughs> sometimes start. I usually completely forget um, and then have to do it afterwards, and it's just like, yeah, <laughs> never quite quite the same. Um, so, first thing, I think, how do you pronounce your surname? Because I feel that I always get it wrong. Uh, it's fine. Most people get it wrong. Um, it's Einan. So, Einan. So, I, I always say to people, imagine you've got no eyes, Einan. Okay. Then, okay. Oh, okay. See, someone needs to tell me that, and it stay. It will stay because I'm like. Yeah, that's, I say that to people at work and stuff, and they're oh yeah, creepy. Yeah, but um, I no, no, I no. Um, yeah, it's, it's Welsh, so it, the um, like the phonetics are slightly different. So, it's, so people say onion. Some people say anan or. Yeah. To be honest, I'll answer to anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's four years now. People have been mispronouncing it so um, no, yeah i mentioned you several times on previous podcasts and stuff so just obviously we did love your work but it was just I, I always kind of go to say it and then i try and say it really quietly and it's just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it comes out, it's like maybe they won't notice it's like uh, okay <laughs> I, I non okay, okay. yeah cool <laughs> right, a little introduction then um so we've got john sam from bearded outdoors and uh, I just want to have a little chat with you guys about all the awesomeness that you do. So, first and foremost, I want to ask you both, what's your VW story? How did you get into owning uh, your awesome VW camper? Uh, okay, it stems back really to um, really early childhood of spending time down in Woolacombe and Croyd um, with my parents on caravan holidays and just seeing air-cooled vans just lining lining up along the street there um so from a really early age i wanted one of those sure um, and then luckily when we first started dating i had a picture of a vw camera you had a picture of a, of a cyber green <laughs> no uh, that was of a beetle oh was that the beetle yeah a cyber green cyber green beetle but i also had a picture of a camper van yeah. so i was 16 when we started dating and I think I just liked them because I thought they were cute. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good enough reason. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
But I, I grew up around classic cars. My dad's um, really into his Jaguars. Mm. Um, he's got a, a, a few classic Jaguars and a few modern Jaguars. So I kind of was brainwashed, you could say, from an early age. <laughs> into same cars. Here, yeah. <laughs> um, and he did try his hardest to get me down the British classic car scene, like Roots. So you had a few, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, my first classic car, my first car was a Triumph Dolomite. Oh, right. Oh, my right. second car was a Dolomite Sprint. Oh. It was very loud it and was bright yellow. Bright yellow, <laughs> tuned with a straight through exhaust. Yeah, my, my mum used to have one when I was very small. Um, and my, my, her friends at the time always used to know when she was coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, oh, we yeah. saw you going blasting through like, <laughs> and she's like, I wasn't, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, he had it when I was at university in, in Stoke. I used to hear him a good five, ten minutes before he actually yeah. came up to... Yeah, so the, the ring road in Stoke goes around the university campus. So you could just hear this getting louder and louder. Oh, we'll be five minutes. Yeah. So yeah, there'd be other people um, on our floor like, oh, Joe's here. <laughs> and then I don't turn up for five minutes because I was on the ring road. Fantastic. So yeah, so but then I sold the Dolomite Spoon to fund the the uh, bay window that we've got now well, we, we decided mm. with lots of discussions that it's but what we both wanted yeah because we we had a tent previously that we went away within the dolomite didn't we yeah at one point yeah. we had a trailer and we used to go camping then but yeah we decided we wanted yeah. to go get into that and I, I think the year i don't know what year it was but can you remember the big floods in boss castle Yes. The wiped out Boscast. So we were camping in Wollacombe that year, that um, week. We were just, well, I was in Cornwall at the time and we just woke yeah. up like the campsite was empty and all the tents were snapped and piled in the floor. Yeah. Like, so we went a bit overboard staking it down. We were the only ones kind of left. We, it's the same with us. We were the only ones that were standing up. And, the, and the, the funny thing is everyone was there with their really expensive tents. Mm. From they, they, yeah, We were from, our, we, our tent was from Eldie. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I hammered it down. Yeah. I would pegged it down that well. Yeah, but it was because you literally didn't sleep a wink. No, you kept running outside and hammered yeah. it back uh, down. Yes, and holding yeah. it up from the inside. So, so after that, I just thought, I'm getting, I'm getting a van. Yeah. And I thought I was going to buy a um, Type Twenty Five because that's what I thought I could afford. But went to uh, the bank, got a little loan, and. Yeah. Um, I think we we got into the bay window market just at the just right time. Before it went mad. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, so what what when was that? What roughly what sort of year? Two thousand and seven. Okay, yeah. definitely right time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think from from literally from then pushing two thousand and ten, it just gradually started creeping it, up. It didn't yeah, it really. It kind of peaked around two thousand fifteen sixteen. I think. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. You got you should have bought three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, they still weren't cheap, but you know, for no. to what they are now, it's just yeah, it's madness. So, um, what what years what years of us? So sixty nine. Sixty nine. Yeah. Uh, does he have uh, he or she have a name? Uh, yeah, it's, um, well, it's he. Don't he. Okay. he doesn't like the name. We we <laughs> named it, but it grates on me. But we, um, his name is Rhubarb. Rhubarb. Okay, oh, I like it. That's a good. That's a good name for him. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, we named him pretty much straight away, didn't we? Yeah. He did have a name when we bought him. Oh, um, the guy that bought, bought, uh, sold it to us um, said that he named it Candy because it was red and white. But sure. I just couldn't get like the image of like a stripper in my head. 
Um, I was going to say it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it, it did not last, that name didn't. So, yeah. Well, when we got it, obviously it's a red colour, but it had a, we've still got it hanging up, but a little yellow teddy bear key ring, so we said that was custard. Yeah, so. So I used to come away with a new yeah. custard. So I think actually custard got named first, and then, and then the bus got called. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I think we, our, our previous bus, um, I found a, a keychain. Um, for it, and it was called custard because it was a pastel yellow. And I was like, I really don't like that. I really don't. So <laughs> it was like it was Daisy. It, had, it felt female, and it was like it was Daisy yeah. for us. And then yeah. our bus Rocky was previously uh, named because it came from the Rocky Mountains in Colorado. Yes, it was. It was yeah. again, that's, like, that's a good name. And a that was inherited. You know, I can't take any credit for that at all. Again, it was in in the notes for, for some paperwork I had from it. So it was just yeah, just just inherited really. So you've done quite a lot of work um to him in the sort of the last 12 months haven't you or was it just just before that yeah yeah we've we've kind of gone through stages of doing lots of work on it over the years i mean within the first couple of years of owning it we did a lot of kind of suspension engine work mm. um because it was all it, it was all original i've got i've got the feeling the van is actually quite low mileage when mm. i bought it it said thirty-four thousand. Yeah. And I think it's probably correct. Okay. I think it hadn't really good because everything was shot on it underneath. Yeah, um, so it, I think it had been sat for a while. It's one of those random things. If everything looks original and it's all a bit worn out, that actually yeah. it's not necessarily a bad thing because it means it no. has mucked around with. So yeah. we're going through the process of, you know, repairing, updating, that sort of stuff. It's actually yeah. might be better to have it that way. It doesn't seem like yeah. it when you're paying for it. But yeah, it's, yeah. It, on, with hindsight, I definitely when I felt lucky when I, I felt I felt lucky buying that van because um, mm. I didn't really look at many other vans mm. and I just bought that one um, and I ended up buying a, a Pearl really and it worked was out that quite well. When you actually went to look at in person? No, we went to look at a '78 as well. Oh. Um, I was the, at uni, so I missed out. On yeah, the Berlin. The, you know, oh the yeah. Which I, I really like the yeah I really like the interiors on those, but the one we went to look at the description was a bit of a lie. It was it had issues yeah. and and it was a it was a UK bus as well, so it, it had its patchwork quilt uh, repairs underneath. Which if they're done right, then it's fine. But yeah, it's not quite uh, so. where was your bus? Do you know where your bus originally came from? It was Southern California. Ah, okay. I've never narrowed it down any more than that. Because uh, normally I think you can find by the paper all the numbers whether it shipped to north or south uh sort of california i think yeah this is pretty yeah. much as far as you can go yeah yeah um, southern california uh, so it was full of sand when we well, got we it we like to think the sand was from california yeah but it could have been <laughs> from it, it could have been from the dock in swansea yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah going back to the work we did um a lot of it we rebuilt the engine and put a new gearbox in it because fourth gear it just kept popping out of fourth gear all the time. Yeah, a few fun journeys um, in how to hold it. I, I did, yeah, I did drive down to Devon probably two years in a row holding it in fourth gear, um, which obviously is illegal and should not be done. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I can blame so, it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, new gearbox went in, drop spindles in on the front. Um, just because I don't, I personally don't like the standard height bays when you get overtaken by a lorry and you get a bit sure. wobbly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, but I've never gone down the whole narrow beam slammed route. Um, I, it's I, it's yeah. a van. 
I, absolutely. I think, yeah, generally speaking, the kind of the couple of things that I do kind of like um, as kind of upgrades uh, would be, yeah, sort of drop spindles and either um, a, a heavy duty anti roll bar at the front that just helps. Yeah. A bit of flex Other than that, that that's about it i know yeah. you've got discs on the front haven't you? yes yeah. yes so that, was, so that was kind of the second big change yeah, i did was i fitted um new hubs and discs on the front so i've got willwood calipers nice. and discs made me feel a lot better yeah and I, they're <laughs> incredible aren't they yeah, so I, I have i don't drive the van at the moment but the one time i tried to drive it to see if i wanted to go on an insurance was pre-getting the brakes and I was like, it literally has no brakes, Joe. I don't understand how this stops. How, how <laughs> it's, yeah, if you go from anything that's like, I don't know, probably past 1980 or 1990, yeah. in the bus you go, just, there's nothing there. How, how is this drivable? And it's like, they are, <laughs> but it's like, yeah. And do you have um, do you, do you have stock rims or do you change to um, 15 inch? 15 inch, yeah. 15 inch, yeah, 15 inch steels. Um, so there's a subtle change. It gives you a slightly lower profile tyre. Yeah, um, it just handles it for me. It just handles better yeah, yeah. Um, doing long journeys. Um, yeah. The first journey, big journey we did after fitting the brakes and the wheels, we went to Spa um, for the Le Bug show, yeah, and then yeah. we drove around to Holland after that. And so, it, it, doing a lot of motorway driving in Europe, it really was noticeable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, mean, I, think, yeah, I think you did it well as well, timing-wise for for the um, sort of the fifteen-inch rims because you they've just gone insane. Everybody wants them, therefore they're expensive yeah. now. Yeah. Um, so I've yeah. been on, on kind of teetering, it's like, oh, do I want to? But then it's like, ah, oh, because I've run out upgrade my brakes and then I kind of yeah. oh, keep the stock rims on, but on the fence, basically. Um, and I think I've left it a bit late to kind of get, get those because everybody wants them. I think everybody's realised and gotten on. So again, you were ahead of the times, guys, with that. <laughs> <laughs> just by luck. Just by, just by looking. <laughs> and well, uh, we weren't sure whether to fit alloys or... Um, I never steel rims. Alloys, no, no, we didn't really want alloys, did I didn't either. Um, but then um, a friend of ours, uh, PJ Gibbons, um, he had a set that he was selling that I heard through the grapevine. Yeah. He was willing to let them go. So, yeah, um, again, it was probably a little bit of luck um, that we managed to get them maybe a little bit cheaper than um, elsewhere. But... Um, yeah, because I've seen them for about at the moment um, individually about two hundred and fifty quid per rim. Uh, right. Wow. Yeah. Which is yeah. just, just mad, and that's 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 knackered. That's not painted. That's not stripped. That's just raw. Yeah. Uh, that's painful for me to hear because I think because I don't have a spare at the moment. <laughs> I use. I've just got tire. Um, you know the tire weld. Yes. Yeah. 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 And AA. So if I get a if I get a really bad blowout, I'll just have to bring the AA and get towed somewhere. Yeah, I think but the only it's, it's actually I think now cheaper. There is a company. Um, who is it? I think Alan Schofield Company. They actually sell sell reproduction rims um, okay. of that size, which to buy new painted are cheaper than to now buy one that's secondhand and original. Right. And they're actually oh. pretty good. Uh -huh. yeah. So it might yeah. be worth just grabbing one of those um, if it's a spare. Um, Probably, even, yeah. Especially if it's a spare and it's maybe not quite the same colour or something, you know, just to come no, I can just, one. Yeah. It's going to sit on the roof rack probably for longer journeys anyway. Exactly. Uh, probably be, I mean, I, I did a lot of, I, I bought a lot of stuff from uh, Schofields a couple of years ago when we did our big project on it that you were probably referring to. Yes. At the start of this chat. Um, and I was really impressed with actually their service. And mm -hmm. 
and their quality of their stuff as well actually generally speaking if it's stuff like panels uh rub and rubber i, I just yeah. tend to go to them because they don't they don't tend to muck around I, I bought the full uh seal set mm -hmm. for um for my bus because we resprayed it um about 18 months ago now uh resprayed it and <laughs> that long ago, yeah. God, i feel like that long ago <laughs> yeah yeah and uh renewed all the kind of renewed all the interior and um, we padded the front seats because you'd been sitting <laughs> on a spring, hadn't you? For, much, yeah. um, somebody else is currently doing that at the moment. I really, I upholstered my seat before we did our stage trip because the previous owner had basically put gaffer tape on it, and as soon yeah. as you get any heat, the, the, the gaffer tape just sticks to your bum, and you, the oh, this is just awful. Yeah. Um, but yours yeah. was in better condition, just. Um, but now I sat on you, sat in yours. I think we were at a campsite last year, um, and Andrew's learning to drive currently, so we was like just have a quick spin around the campsite, and she was driving. And I sat in the passenger seat, I was like, how can you sit on this? This is so rough. And I, like, I realised, oh my God, yeah, there's no padding in this at <laughs> yeah, all, which is free. But I've got, the stuff, I've got the stuff to do. Yeah, I should be doing it now. I've got the stuff to do it with, so I've no excuse, really. And it needs to be warm to kind of stretch the seat material over. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a hard job. I, when I did mine, I literally yeah, ripped my fingers to shreds because yeah. of the tiny little hooks kind of but it, it once it's done it's, oh, it's amazing it's just, yeah it's a lot, lot yeah, better yeah much much more comfortable now so um yeah so I, f I feel now after um many years of ownership that the bus is actually how i wanted to be it's taken us ages to get there because we've just been doing jobs as and when it's had two resprays while we've owned it yeah. I really yeah, um, but one of the resprays we paid a lot of money for. And it wasn't so great. And it was awful. <laughs> well, it, it looked good, but there were just certain areas, like the sliding door, we've had a lot of problems with, didn't we? The sliding door, when they, the first respray happened, they, it obviously had a bit of a crunch at some point, and it, in America it was just full of fiberglass. They just filled it full of fiberglass. Yeah. Um, and the paint shop said they had issues with it heating up and bubbling. Mm. So... It had, it's always had bubbles in it. So that when me and my dad painted it 18 months ago, we just dug all the fiberglass out, mm. beat the panel back into place, uh, into shape better, used you know, a, a filler mm. to smooth it off. But it was such an easy job. I don't understand why it wasn't done like that the first time. But I yeah. think, unfortunately, we, we picked somewhere on word of mouth. But well, we, no, we picked somewhere we'd used, but we'd used it for a modern car. Yeah, modern, I think they were very good at modern yeah, cars. Yeah, they were brilliant for that. Yeah, put okay. too much trust in them with a the classic, and they didn't really because it does it does get complicated because it's kind of you have a it's like it's steel rather than composite or plastic, which some a lot yeah. of cars are. But then it's like, is it cellulose paint? Is it two pack paint? Do you have a bit of fiberglass? There, there can be so many different combinations in there, and I think classic yeah. car people tend to know that there's there's those potential pitfalls. Um, yes, so really, usually you have to kind of dig down deep and get it back to bare metal and pull out any crud that shouldn't be there and that's the that's the way forward so it sounds like now you're you're yep. you just unfortunately just need to get out there and uh kind yeah. of drive it when you can but it's yeah yeah well it was a good uh, job well done though because um we knew there was going to be some rust didn't we mm. um but there was quite a lot kind of on the front panel where the water ran down you see um, that yeah because that was what that, and that all resulted yeah. from the first paint job so what they'd done is they'd scratched all the inside of the, the um, under the window, front windscreen seal when they were installing the windscreen. I hadn't put any rust proof in there. Then that had bubbled through. Yeah. And what I thought was just a small bubble by the seal was actually the whole channel was rotten. 
because oh, wow. it was just so strapped. Mm. And then obviously, as you well know, it just it just goes down to the bottom of the panel. Absolutely, yeah. And then so when we awesome. put a grind on it, it just it just disintegrated in front so of us. So we're glad we didn't leave it any longer because there was lots of discussions about just repainting certain parts and doing bits and pieces, and then we eventually went, now let's just do the whole lot. So yeah, we know we know now exactly what we've got. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, I, that's one of the things I say to a lot of people, and a lot of people realise it's like, unfortunately, with this day and age with classic vehicles, um, there is a very high uh, possibility that you're going to inherit some problems, um, whether that's bodywork or mechanical. But I think once you've owned the bus for long enough, you found out its uh, its character, should we say, and found out its problems. Yeah. Um, you can go through them over a number of years and work, work them out. But once you get to a point, especially you know bodywork and then mechanically, where it's it's sound well then really it's just keeping on top of making sure it's clean yeah. polished making sure it has service regularly and it will just keep going and it's the kind of yeah. i found with i mean i kind of went through our bus for about six months went through the brakes doing suspension luckily it was pretty dry that it only been had one little spot that needed welding everything else was okay um and it was just a case of once i'd gone through everything um we had just virtually no problems um, yeah. other than silly little things. But it, especially with UK buses that have been restored maybe once, maybe twice, had lots of maybe sort of problems with things lining up on all the rest of it. Um, it, it can just unfortunately cause more problems. And I think you just, you're just chasing problems, aren't you're you? You're chasing problems. I think sometimes people want to spend the least amount of money as possible, of course, because it's expensive. Um, and I think, but once you can get to that point where you've spent the money, you've really gone to town on all of these things, you know where you're at. Um, yeah, I, the people are two, two kind of frames of mind. Either you just go out there and you travel and you enjoy it. Or I think there's unfortunately a lot of people go, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a bit bored now. What's next? Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. smell it and then regret it for the rest of their lives. Um, so yeah. It sounds like you guys are kind of at a point where you're kind of happy with what you've got and you just need to, you know, when we're out of lockdown, just get out there and enjoy it, basically. Exactly. Yeah, we just need to yeah. we want to use I mean, it. When we did this paintwork, it was the longest time it had been off the road and it was killing us, wasn't it? So it, um, it went to my dad's, mum and dad's place. My dad, uh, he built a garage especially for it so now he's got his own paint booth which he's very happy about um so uh, we kind of started the work at end of september yeah i think so yeah we went to a festival in september then we took it up there and then it didn't come back till may oh wow so, good going. Yeah. that's pretty good going i mean there's a lot of you know um full-on garages and paint shop that, that would take a lot longer than that you know yeah. like, yes that's good going guys yeah, yeah i mean to be fair we during that time we don't normally use it that much no we'd have probably used it a couple of more times after september and then it probably, probably would have been april we would have end of march right? well we always used to use it beginning oh, of march yeah. to go to the no mm. um that's one of the one of the few vw shows that um i would probably still go to okay um, that's a different subject altogether. But <laughs> okay. Well, as well, let's 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 open it up. I mean, we are um, we kind of quite like the the chilled VW shows. We kind of um, I don't know. I mean, I I do go to well when it's on uh, Vogue's World just mainly because I like to network with people, go and have a chat. But I do prefer the chilled shows. Like I like the Just Campers Open Day. I like um, Stoner Park. Um, I really want to go to some of the European shows. Um, 
we were going to go to um, Lee Bug Show. Um, mm. um, but it's, yeah, we're just, we kind of just tend to like the, the, the more chilled events where you can have all the hubba hubba in the middle, but then you can kind of just drift off like it's on a park. Yeah. It's in a valley. Um, are you guys kind of the same or I, I mean, sort of, I have a feeling that you kind of, you're not sort of, the whole V-dub scene sometimes is a bit hubba-hubber and it's a bit like, oh, you should have these wheels, you should have these things. And I'm, I, I'm just haven't got time for that, really. No, we, we, we were quite um, he- like fairly heavily involved in the V-dub scene for many years because we used to run the, the Air Monkeys magazine and club. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, we networked loads. We got to know loads of people. And there are so many amazing people in the scene. Yeah. Um, so many great personalities, so many people that just want to help you, they don't want anything from you, that you know, they're happy to travel to come and help. Um, yeah. And yeah, and most of the time you go to shows and you meet brilliant people. But we just found that we did so many of them. I mean, one year we did something like 15 wow. or 16 it felt shows. like it was every other weekend. Oh, yeah, because we were getting press passes and going and, and everything. Uh, we, to be perfectly honest, we, did, we got bored with it because well, and because we could have been using these weekends to travel to places and see new things rather than yeah. sitting in a field with a lot of the same people we've been seeing kind of yeah. most weekends. And there's very few shows. It's me, yeah, understand, yeah. There's very few shows that are really pushing the boundaries to do something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I feel that the ones we went to that really stand out for me are um, Stanford Hall, because they really they do the concourse, and not many shows properly do a you know yeah. a full concourse show. So that's good to go and get you know ultimate inspiration on some of those cars mm-hmm. and paint finishes and you know the, the attention to detail that they have. Um, Skeg Vegas is a show that you guys would probably like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a very chilled out vibe. Um, it, it is very. Uh, it does focus a lot on the on the modified kind of like slam yeah. scene. Sure. But it, but they embrace everything. But they, but they embrace everything. And Toby and Sally, who run it, and, and a, a group of other amazing people, mm-hmm. they're so welcoming. You, they, you turn up on the gate and they, they'll chat to you and you permanently see them cycling or walking around um, cool. the show all weekend. And it, that feels like you're part, of, you're part of the show. You're not just there. And I think I, I've heard, yeah, I've heard exactly the same with that quite a few times. It feels it's more like it's VW shows back to its roots, where it's yeah. slightly yeah. smaller. The people that are running it are actively involved. There's no kind of, uh, it's own, we're only open for air cool, we're only open for this. It's kind of like, you know, if like-minded people can drive everything from like, you know, a split screen through to a, you know, a T6 if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's kind of in it for the same reasons. And I think, yeah, yeah that sounds cool. I think we definitely need to, to go to that one for sure. Yeah, I think it's good. But I, we we really do like the European show scene because, of, mm-hmm. it, again, it's it's the inclusivity of, of everyone. Um, you, you, there's no there's no snobbery there. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's such a mixed bag of people at, at places, isn't there? Yeah. Um, the Nova is fun because it, you're taking over a whole town. Yeah. Um, the book show at Spa is great because you, I mean, how you you like driving around the race exactly. How how (laughs) often do you get to drive your bay window around a Formula One track? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Well, gutted that it was cancelled this year because it's, um, I was just literally about to book uh campsite um because uh, uh, the club that i'm part of which you guys will probably like the Wolfsburg bus crew again it's the, the the way that they do things it's um 
pretty much what we've just been saying. Um, it's only really open to kind of sort of the more classic sort of canvas like split screens through to type 25s at the moment. Um, but it's really sort of whatever you're into, um, everybody's welcome. There's no, you know, stigma. They're no saying that you shouldn't do this. And it's just very re relaxed and they won't take any crap from people, basically. It's just like, we're all here to do the same thing, to have a good time. Um, and you, the good thing about it is it's a club that is international. So they'll be like, right, we're going to do a cruise to the uh, bug show. Whoever wants to join in from wherever you are, let's do a cruise together. Um, so you can dip in and out to what you want yeah. to. So it's not like you have to do this and you have to have this sort of vehicle. And I started hearing about it mainly because a lot of the customers I went to go out and see, they were a part of it. And I was like, oh yeah, you're, you're, you're pretty cool. Like we get on quite well. So, and then I was hearing it again and hearing it. And then when I sort of joined up with them, when I met with the guy, um, Rich from Allsburg, and it's just like, it's so chilled. And they just go to so yeah. many events and they have so many little things going on um, and charity events and club and show. And it's just like, and it's all like-minded people. Um, yeah, you're actually part of a, of a community of like-minded people. rather than Absolutely, yeah. And it's, it's pretty much the same with what you guys said. You don't have to go to like all of the shows. You can if you want. You don't have to go to all of the shows and like do all of those. You can just like dip in and out and it's just, you know you're going to kind of meet up with some cool people and new people. And yeah, no, golly that we can't go to, you know, the bug show. It was just about to book the camping tickets, but obviously it's uh, yeah, not happening. So... Yeah. Yeah, fun time. Well, we, we, we were saying that 2021 would be a good year to do European shows. Obviously, the Le, Le Book Show, they, yeah. they, they quite often, it's good to stagger EBI years and the Book Show years. Mm -hmm. um, so, 2021, would there be both? There'd be both yeah. that year, wouldn't there? I think so. so yeah, because I'd heard, well, we've only been to the Book Show during an EBI year. Okay. Um, and what I've heard is it's, that it's a better show than EBI year. Okay. Because um, it's, not, it's not as busy. Okay. As crazy as it sounds, yeah. when it's, some people only do EBI or only do the book. Mm -hmm. um, and the book show, because of the compound where the, the, where the pit area where you go and do, you do all the traders on and stuff. But when it's really busy, you can't move. Like you, you cannot move in there. Um, so uh, we've only been That's once, but we've never done EBI. So Okay. Yeah. So you kind of, other than sort of Skeg, do you, do you go to sort of many UK shows or is there any that you kind of still like, kind of like or go to or is it not, not really these days? We haven't really been these days. We The last couple of years, it was very few and far between yeah. that we've been to, to be honest. Um, but as I say, because we kind of felt like because of the amount of weekends that we can go to things and also money, we mm. find that committing to shows meant that we could use the van less for holidays um, sure, and sure. getting out yeah. there, which is actually why we have a van. Yeah. So yeah. we put the emphasis back on actually putting time aside to visit new places and camp and things like that. And using the van for what it was designed for, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, we're exactly the same. And I think there's literally there's there's a handful. There's two or three in a year that we will say right, we're going to go to. Um, there's one or two that I trade at. Um, and maybe one or two that I just like to go and chill out and, and that's it. The rest of the time we're going to the beach or we're, you know, going here, there and everywhere. And um, yeah, kind of, I'm really glad that we did a, we didn't take the van actually, because it was a weekend where there was a storm, but we, we managed to go to Boyd and Woodland mm -hmm. in February. Um, I'm so glad we did. Because <laughs> now we're like, we've kind of like almost had a little bit of injection of an adventure um, before everything got kind of locked down and you're not allowed to. Um, yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. I think you've got to do what 
makes you happy, essentially. And, yes. you, and yeah. a lot of people do love the shows. This episode is sponsored by McTriggCampers.com. They run a gorgeous 1960 VW split screen called Clyde as wedding transport. It is painted in my favorite VW color of all time, Turkish green. So not only does he look sweet, but he provides the perfect comfy environment where you can listen to tunes through the Marshall sound system or sip on chilled champagne on the way to your destination. He'd also be perfect for retro style events where he often steals the show. And something a bit different that blew me away is their shisha lounge. You arrive at your venue, obviously in style with Clyde, and then they pop up a retro style canvas bell tent attached to the side of Clyde and create a Woodstock inspired shisha lounge. Don't worry, they only use nicotine-free electronic shisha heads that retain the traditional look and feel with the Maya shisha pipes known for their big clouds. Ah, I'm chilling there already. They are a family-run business headed up by the awesome Jim McTrigg, who is a fellow VW nutter like you and I. She also knows her way around an engine and keeps Clyde in tip-top condition. To follow their adventures and their events that they attend, head over to mctriggcampers.com. That's M-C-T-R-I double G campers.com or head over to Instagram at instagram.com forward slash McDrig campers Facebook facebook.com forward slash McDrig campers Pinterest for all that inspiration uh, what to do at your wedding or event pinterest.co.uk forward slash McDrig campers and also twitter.com you guessed it forward slash McDrig campers be prepared though to fall in love with the gorgeousness that is Clyde the split screen they're based in Farnborough in Hampshire and cover a wide surrounding area including Surrey, Berkshire, Oxfordshire, Hertfordshire, West Sussex and Greater London. If you're planning a wedding or event and want to arrive in style, you need to check them out now. McTriggCampers.com So I know you guys have kind of said that, you know, obviously you've got your bus and you used to go sort of camping before that, but is the sort of the outdoor life for you guys always been part of who you are from, from both of you from a young age, or is it more something that you've you kind of started doing together or how's that all kind of come? Uh, well, we've, we've dipped in and out really. I think you probably did more as a child. Yeah, as a child, I, the hiking with my family was always the, okay. what we did on holiday. Um, Caravanning holidays all around the country, you know, Malvern Hills, Yorkshire Dales, Lake District, North Snowdonia. I was born, I was born in North Wales, so we always used to go there and go to Snowdonia. I was in the Scouts, so um, it, it's it's always been a part of my life. I mean, I spent a lot. I used to live. Well, we say it was the middle of nowhere. It wasn't really, but there was kind of a lot of outdoor space where I used to live, and I didn't have anyone else my age. So I did used to go out and do walks and climb trees and like cycle around. Um, but then you went through a phase of, I guess, revolting against it a bit as, Possibly, as yeah. teenagers do, because it's what you used to do with your parents all the time. Yeah. And then we came back around to it together, didn't we? And yeah. It's only been the last, would you say, five years that we've got into walking more, like doing hikes and things. Yeah, I was always into nature, but I think hiking um, was something that I got into a little bit later, uh, like long hikes, yeah. rather than just to a vista or, or viewpoint. Um, uh, so, I mean, I was always a bit worried because I've got not great joints and my knees and ankles aren't brilliant um, due to years of abuse of 
doing various sports. But actually, the more I, the more I hike, actually, the better I am. So, okay, um, that's so good. It's, um, yeah, it kind of helps. But yeah, I think, I mean, when the first kind of, I don't know, 10 years of, of us being together, I used to have to nag you to go for a walk. <laughs> and yeah. um, when we got Winston, obviously, when he was younger, would work, walk further. That was um, kind of a good excuse to get you out and yep. then discovered that actually I really like this because I said I think in the back of Joe's head was still when he was a kid getting dragged on all these long walks when really he wanted to be <laughs> yeah uh, playing play on the play area at the campsite yeah yeah <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah 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 absolutely and I, th I think it's it's one of these things isn't it I think we all have a little bit of that in us that it's kind of it's in your blood but you go through a period in your life many sort of teenagers yeah. kind of like I don't want to be doing this with my parents and it's not because you don't like hiking it's just like you want to do something you want to your individuality is coming out so you want to do something yeah. it's funny that you kind of return back to it sort of afterwards so i know you guys um you, you kind of do journals and you kind of do maps and stuff like that so tell me mm. a bit about you know sort of that how that came about and what, what you do with those things well i'll say map wise is definitely your yeah. area yeah I, I i enjoy cartography and, and map drawing and stuff and i do a lot of I draw a lot of maps, um, whether they're factual or fictional maps, um, just for fun. Uh, I find it quite therapeutic and soothing. In another life, I think you were probably a cartographer. Probably, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's something in me that um, makes me want to draw maps. So, Did it just um, one day you just started drawing one and you just enjoyed it? Or was I, it I've done them ever since I was a child. Yeah. <laughs> He's a massive um, Lord of the Rings fan and you'd oh, like to study oh. his maps. Well, so that might have been why I was influenced. There's sort of the element of sort of fantasy in there as well, and kind of like yeah. imagination. Like, oh, I totally get that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and a map for me, a map can tell you a story just mm -hmm. as much as a book can tell you a story. I think you can look at an ordnance survey map and um, and and you can plan a whole years of adventure mm. just by looking at a map um, and looking at the place names and the villages and the hills and you know and the lake and the lakes and things like that. So I I. I enjoy maps. Um, I'd love to incorporate even more kind of um, maps into Bearded Outdoors because we do a lot of, we do article writing of our adventures. Um, um, and we also, uh, we're going to start doing other people's adventures as well if they want to kind of submit things to try and inspire people, especially during this lockdown. Because um, I think people will need to kind of focus on the future and think, and, and I think planning adventures sometimes can be, not as much fun, obviously, but it's all part of it, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Have a creative outlet, yeah. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And plus, because we can't go on any new adventures at the moment, we thought it'd be a good time to kind of bring in the community and get other people to share their stories. Mm. Yeah. So, so we've got a few coming up in the next few weeks, actually, of um, some hikes that people have done through Spain, some wild camping in the Pyrenees, um, stories that we've kind of kind of got other people to tell us so we're gonna showcase those to people and uh with some photos and so um, apologies apologies i haven't got them to you guys i completely just calling you i was like oh crap i didn't give send over <laughs> like photos but <laughs> i'll do that this afternoon i promise um, yeah because i think the one we kind of last year that we kind of quite likes um that our, was our sort of favorite that was just different as we went over to the isle of man um, and it was sort of part part work, wasn't it? Because I was doing um, uh, sort of VW workshops up and down the country. Um, and it's just, yeah, it was just 
kind of felt the most adventurous because you had to kind of get a boat to get there and yeah uh, and it's just it's quite different over there than over here and it was just it was just lovely wasn't it and we got mm. some nice photos so yeah we'll send you some stuff about our little trip from there if that's okay. yeah that'd be fantastic the island man the island man's great isn't it yeah we did that years ago didn't yeah the yeah you can definitely see why they, they built a racetrack on that island yeah. um, oh absolutely oh no yeah, yeah we were in a in a in in our bus with a heavy trailer with an, an engine in the trailer, so we weren't exactly going fast, but it was just like, oh, I'd love to have something that's a bit quicker going because it was, just, oh, it was such a lovely drive, and the people over there were just just lovely as well. Um, so how do how do kind of people find um uh, sort of the, all the kind of trips and all the things we've discussed? How do people kind of find all those things that you're putting out there? I mean, I know. Uh, um, how do they find? Beard yeah. Outdoors, like yeah. So I mean, I suppose I should start with like bearded outdoors is obviously who, who you kind of who you are. But how? Um, yeah. Obviously, I can probably guess from looking at you where it came from. But people that are on the, <laughs> people that are on the podcast can't. So where did the name come from, bearded outdoors? It, it initially just started as um, just my personal kind of persona, just um, on social media. Um, and then as I started doing more and more, people were asking me questions and people were asking me, oh, where should I go for a hike? Or where should I go camping? And I realized that, oh, actually, I could inspire people to, to go out, get outdoors. And um, maybe that's an outlet that I, we could explore. Then you kind of tagged along well, and did it together. Years ago, as we kind of touched on, that we did this thing called Air Monkeys, that was kind of all Volkswagen predominantly. And we'd worked on that together. Um, and it was great to have something to focus on as a couple that we worked on as a team. Um, but we got frustrated with that, that it was like so Volkswagen heavy, which we love, but we just found it a bit monotonous after a while and we wanted to branch out and talk about other things. So we kind of touched on some of the stuff we do now within that. We, we dabbled, haven't we, on um, other um, avenues joined in the Volkswagen scene, like, oh, Volkswagen scene can incorporate camping, can incorporate surfing, can incorporate, you know, mountain biking. But yeah, yeah. the Volkswagen scene... At that time, it, I, I think it might have changed quite a lot now. But at that point, um, it it was it was quite difficult to get that across to people that you know it, people it, just wanted to read about the car and, that and was what you've done to it. And I, I, yeah, and I think maybe in the last, especially in the maybe the like the like maybe the last five years, maybe a bit more. I think the kind of whole van life, living in your van, sit, that's probably yeah. where it's changed because people are living in their van for a long period of time yeah. or permanently yeah. and then you know you have to find places in nature where you can surf hike do all these things to keep yeah. yourself active so i think it has changed a bit but i think yeah back probably sort of when you were you know mainly sort of in the vw scene i think it was yeah. very much like in your van how what, what engines it's got then it's like, no no i want to talk about where i am so, oh yeah but i want to talk about so yeah, but yeah. What, what, what beam have you got on it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's obviously, you know, each to their own, if people still want to know that. And I try to, even with my podcasts, and kind of have a little bit of little bit of tech maybe to kind of keep some people's, you know, appetites going, but then obviously have an interview with, you yeah. know, like you guys to kind of keep keep everybody kind of uh, hungry for more, I guess. Um, and it's, it is a bit tricky. Um, so, yeah, so the, where, where do people find, um, find out more about you? So we're, we're most active on Instagram. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like our, um, uh, you, can, e you can easily contact us on, on Instagram. Yeah, that's so that's what we most regularly update. Yeah, so that's at Beard Outdoors. Mm -hmm. um, so just type that in. Um, we've also recently started um, a book club, um, which sounds very 
WI. Um, but um, <laughs> basically, we're focusing on ad adventure stories and adventure books. So anything that really inspires you to get out there on the road. So it could be anything from a graphic novel to, to a map, to, um, to a novel, to a self-help book. Um, anything that really inspires you to, you read it and you go, oh, I want to go and climb a mountain or I want to go for a wild swim or I want to go and walk around your local nature reserve and see what yeah. you can find. So that's Bearded Outdoors Book Club on Instagram. Yeah, we felt like we started that at the right time, really. Yeah, we started that two weeks ago. So, uh, oh, really? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. We already, we've been thinking about it for ages, but um, yeah, it just gives you the, while you can't actually get outside, you can adventure yeah. through reading what someone else has put, which is also why we've invited other people in to share their stories with us as well, really. Yeah, and, we're, um, and if anyone out there has read a great, story recently or, or a graphic novel or even a magazine that has inspired you to do something and get in touch because we're more than welcome for other people to submit reviews and things like that yes. so um and and both of those um and our journal which is um stories from our adventures and soon to be a few other people's as well um can be found at beardedoutdoors.net dot um, net was a lot cheaper than dot com so um and obviously it's all self-funded and um yeah. So .net was cheaper. So yeah, beardedoutdoors.net. Um, if you Google Bearded Outdoors, uh, I think we come up top now on it, but there is an American Bearded Outdoors USA. Yeah, we don't like to talk about them. Who like... <laughs> He's a fake one and he doesn't even have a beard properly, so you know. Yeah. Well, we, we like to go and look at the animals in nature. They like to go and shoot them, so... Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah, so yeah. Won't be, won't be finding that one then, yeah. So that is, no. that is not Joe and Sam. That's not what they do. <laughs> <laughs> what we do yeah. um, but through um, beardedoutdoors.net that's where you can access like the pint sized plans that we've done but how many, we, how many did there's, we do? there's only three there's one in the so making far. at the moment but they're they're micro travel guides to areas of the countries that we've written they're like a, an e-zine uh, electronic magazine um, so pint sized plans we've uh, we've done southwest Cornwall so the very like the tip of Cornwall We've done the Isle of Purbeck in Dorset, so oh, Swanage, um, Durdle Door, um, Old Harry Rocks, that kind of area. Um, and you guys never make it to, um, you were thinking of going to, um, oh, where was it, down in, in Devon? Um, what's that little island off? Uh, you oh, Lundy. Lundy, yeah. Did you Lundy. Got, I think we talked about that ages ago. You were really, Yes, yeah. Did you, make, so you did get the phone from Ilfracombe, can't you? And uh, yeah, 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 get your way over there. Um, the, the, the thing that will stop either of us going, like you guys, and us, is it's it's not dog friendly island. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, that's another. So, because it yeah. because it's got really rare um, like orchids on. I think it's orchids, and it's got quite that's a lot of seals and puffins. So yeah. they don't want to scare them with. Um, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. Cooper just um, made an appearance. How are you doing? <laughs> so uh, yeah, so you don't, we're kind of waiting till we go down with family, and then okay. we can leave, leave our dog with family, and then um, kind of make get the ferry and on our own and leave Winston with my mum and dad or my sister or something like that. Well, it's just something that we've always always wanted to do because I always went to Croyd as a child, um, to mm. beach holidays and surfing and stuff, and just being able to look straight over and see London always fascinated me and then I think it was only more recently that I found that you could 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 go over there from from Ilfracombe um, mm. and I just kind of thought oh that would be a an interesting boat ride because we don't tend to do boats very well um, and <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so okay. we just had bad experiences but I think yeah. it should be a fairly short trip I would hope um, and then yeah just because it's just 
I mean, there's like there's 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 one. Like, is it like literally one place you can stay over there? I think there's uh, a. I think there's a yeah. There's a there's a hostel or something over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there is a campsite as well, so you can. Okay. But it's tents only. It's obviously well, tents only. Sure. Um, sure. But there's no. I don't think there's electrical cup. I don't think there's a. I think there may be a tiny little toilet block. Okay. Um, you know, it's perfect for like a one night stay. Yeah, yeah. and I think sort of proper nature, and if it's, a, you know, it's just, I think it's an official nature reserve, isn't it? Because it's got it those, is, yeah. those, those um, yeah. sort of pretty rare things going on. No, that would just be awesome. Yeah, love to. Love it would. To. Yeah, cool. So I know also we've been out, you have kind of a, a sort of a number of sort of products and things um, as well, because I know you nicely sent us out um, sort of a badge. Um, I think oh, yes. Yeah. And stuff, which we kind of, we're adding things. We've got a, a little kind of bag that we normally is, is actually kind of become the kind of uh, walking dog field type stuff bag now oh, when we're out and about we always kind of have stuff in and um, that's kind of got various pins so if you kind of have a few bits and pieces is a what do you have at the moment and b is there any kind of future plans for kind of more um kind of uh, bits and pieces like that to kind of get yeah so we, we've... Well, yeah at the moment the only physical product we've got that's on the shop is the pin um Although you've got a load of prototypes in the garage for other things, yeah, that I'm not sure. I've got um, I've got prototypes where I've been um, hand painting uh, axes, camping mallets, um, and making some tent pegs as well. Mm -hmm. um, so they're all kind of I need to basically get out there and test them before I start cool. selling them, and, and um, they're ready to go. But obviously, I'm a bit stuck at the moment, so I can't. Well, and, and plus, because obviously we both do have other jobs. Yeah. It kind of took a back burner because that was taking took quite a lot of time for you to kind of source and yes, come yeah. up with ideas. So at the moment, the main focus is to say we've got the pin and then we've got some prints that we're coming up with together. And we also want to get pint-sized plans, get like tests getting some actually printed out yeah. um, and so, see how they go down. So very soon, uh, within the next week or so, we're going to have um, we're going to have the prints, our, our art prints, on our website for sale. Um, and there we've we've got we've got three ready to go. Sam's drawn them um, of uh, various locations in the UK, um, and uh, they'll be available to buy. So I was going to say, uh, Sam, is that sort of more your department? Um, and sort of what 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 you do? Kind of are you sort of well, what's the correct term? Sort of illustrator, graphic designer, or do you kind of dabble in a lot of things? Um, I mean, your work is your work is awesome from from what I see. So. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, I mean, basically. As far as Bearded Outdoors goes, Joe is the main writer and photographer, and I'm kind of the illustrator and edit more of what Joe's put. Spelling checker. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think in the future I'll probably be a bit more hands on with the writing yep. side. Um, but Joe's obviously the face, the beard yeah. behind Bearded <laughs> Outdoors, and um, I'm the support kind of behind. Um, but yeah, I'd say illustrator more than graphic design. I think that gives me a bit more kind of scope to be more creative. I'm not very good at um, kind of being too specific. And you don't want to um, like kind of put yourself into a box too much, do you? Because you can you can branch out so in so many different ways. Um, but yeah, illustrator fits the bill. Yeah. I think most. Yeah. How, how do people kind of see your 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 work, Sam? How do people kind of get out there and, and see what sort of you do and um, well, again, um, my main kind of avenue where I share things is Instagram, and that's just my name. So that's at Samantha Einan. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've also got my own website, which I'm currently trying to update. Um, why not? But now I've got a bit more free time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's www.samanthrynan.com. Well. You can see I'm very imaginative <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> names. I'm imaginative when it comes to drawing, but I'm hopeless at coming up with names. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're my main places. And through that, I've got an Etsy shop where I sell pins and prints. And custom cards. portraits. Yeah, custom portraits. I mean, they're kind of one of your bigger sellers, aren't they? Um, yeah. Custom portraits and pet portraits uh, in your own style. So. Oh, awesome. So is it the, the portrait side, is it sort of people send you photos or do you kind of do sort of live stuff or what, what's... At the moment, it's people just sending me photos, sure. yeah. Um, I mean, it'd be interesting to go into looking at different avenues, like doing things live, especially at the moment, because mm-hmm. um, I've seen quite a few people getting into that, but um, I've not branched out into that quite yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you just so it's, they're available in my Etsy shop, or you can just shoot me a message, find me say on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so prices obviously vary depending on how many people or animals are in it and what yeah. specific you want. Because um, I'm open to any idea really. Like I've got my kind of set ones that I do, um, but if people wanted a particular background or objects like vehicles or houses mm. or whatever behind them kind of open to anyone's ideas so you've done some really interesting ones haven't you in the past so like because quite often people get them surrounded by their hobbies and mm. interests so obviously lots of pints of beer yeah beer lots of beer <laughs> lots of footballs. <laughs> footballs, but you've done like captain america shields haven't you yeah. and uh, there's also been a lot of xbox control oh yeah xbox control. <laughs> <laughs> No, it fascinates me, stuff like that. That's, you know, it's just your, your limit is either your or your customer's imagination. So it's, yeah, no, I just totally sort of love stuff like that. So yeah, I'll make sure that all the details are sort of on my on my, on my my website when I could have put the podcast live and make sure that everybody can, you know, see, see both, of, both of you guys work. You just, that's what I love about, you know, I, I can't even remember how we initially, I think we found you on online and we just liked your work and your hikes initially. Um, and then mm-hmm. we found about obviously, you know, you've got, v- oh, you're going to VW, and then also, like you, San, you're sort of an illustrator that's like, oh, these sound like pretty interesting people. We need to, we need to meet them. Yeah. And then I think we've done, what, how many, it feels like we've done way more and we've known you for longer. I think we've, we only actually physically met twice, or is it three times? Three times. Did you come to the really, really wet hike that we, um, well, we, yes, because you come to Needale. Yes, yes, yes. And did you? And you came to the, did you come to the one where we did the big goodie bag where you donated some stuff? Or did you just donate stuff to that one? one? There was one, oh God. There was, was, yeah, there was a couple we missed, but we've. Might have been two then. You've done two then, yeah. You did the first one, definitely. The really wet one that was very deserved, and you had a a leg injury. Yeah, so I I didn't want to say anything to anybody, but it's just like at the time, and the reason why I was quite slow on that hike. Um, is I actually had, um, and I'd never experienced it before and hopefully won't again, and I actually had sciatica. Um, oh. And it was, it, was, it was weird because I was, um, I'd seen a sort of a local lady that was, um, she's an amazing um, kind of quite spiritual um, sort of massage, uh, holistic. Ther- holistic therapist and stuff. Um, and she's, she's great. And she said, look, you know, with sciatica, it's one of these very, weird things where you've got to go gently at it um and keep it moving don't stay still because it was quite painful for a few days and i'm like oh what is what is this um should i rest it should i stay still and i'm just like it's making it worse and i found that if i went out and i walked 
especially if I went on really long walks, um, it really eased it up. So I'm like, right, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to not go to this hike. I think it will actually do me good. But it was this really weird thing where you're kind of walking along, but then lifting your leg or lifting your foot when there's big boulders or something like that, naturally you just kind of would do it. But it almost kind of like made it, I really had to think about it. So it was just making my pace a lot, lot slower. Uh, but it actually really really made it like the next couple of days afterward it really started to ease up um so i'm so oh. glad i pushed myself to kind of to, <laughs> yeah. to kind of do it um but you know had i thought it would be a point where it was dangerous of course i wouldn't have done it but it was just like i, I just needed to keep myself as active as possible um and i'm not the best at just going out for a walk when we're at home mm. it's better now that we've got the dog but back then um so yeah that's why i was probably a little bit slower pace for me when we were not well there. we had we had quite a, we had quite a mixed bag didn't we on that one yeah. on the weather it, was horrific wasn't it and um but it made for but some also we had, we had the atmosphere though to be fair it was yeah yeah amazing <laughs> from that point <laughs> we had we had a couple of kids on the hike didn't we yeah, yeah. um friends from work came along and bought um her children uh, there was some lots of dogs some of the dogs were very small so um yeah. I mean, linking it back round to, because we'd not really mentioned the hikes yet, was that all of this stuff that we're doing with Bearded Outdoors is just aimed at getting like a whole range of people that perhaps wouldn't normally go outside to get outside and enjoy nature and to get moving and like linking it back to mental health um, mm. because I feel it is beneficial to everyone. Um, which I say which is why for a lot of people right now is really difficult because some people just can't really get out at all mm. if they don't live near yeah. kind of like you know if you're stuck in a flat in a city mm. I think now is very very difficult um, if you are someone that enjoys to go out um, so this is why I say we're focusing on getting people to send in their own adventures for now because ideally what we were trying to encourage people to do is to just get outside even if it's just a mile away from your door um yeah and just encourage people to enjoy what's around them especially in the uk we wanted to encourage people not to feel like to have an adventure that you had to get yeah. on a plane yes um, yeah definitely i think i think too many people think having an adventure means going to the alps or or even going to snowdonia or going to climb ben nevis Having an adventure can be like walking around your park and with your kids and spotting five different types of tree. That's yeah. an adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you don't need to go and do massive things. You, you know, you have to start small. Dream like I mean, there's a there's a guy that I really respect called Alistair Humphreys. He, he does the podcast. He's written lots of books. Um, and one of the things I've always taken from him is dream big but start small. Yeah. So, um, you know, adventures can, can be, you know, tiny, but if it means that's the kind of the start of um, bigger things in the future, then. Yeah, absolutely. I think, as you said, even going to your local park, the fact that, you know, if you're looking at you know, trying to work out what sort of, you know, five different trees or five different sort of types of wildlife birds or whatever, and it's just like mm. mentally stimulating as well as yes. you know, you're getting the, the physical aspects of it. And I know that um, there's a there's a, um, a podcast that we listen to called, called um, uh, Armchair Expert, a guy, Dax Shepard, and he's basically said, unless I do exercise, unless I'm out there and I'm doing stuff, uh, my mental health starts to suffer very, very quickly. Mm. I have to keep yeah. that. Um, and you know, it's what really actually, cause he's, um, 
very open with they used to have a, a quite a bad sort of alcohol and drug addiction years ago and he said that's one of the main things that helped me with that to keep on the straight and narrow is to keep active uh, and it just keeps my mental health in check where it should be uh, and even to the point if he knows he hasn't exercised or he haven't been for a long walk or a little sort of adventure he feels it in himself and he's like right i've just i've just got to go i i know that i'm just going to be antsy even to, to the beginning and it leads on to other things and you know it's uh, i think it's so important for, for for everybody at the moment um whether it's you know as you said looking at maps or creating maps or creating things and keeping yourself that way and imagining trips that you can do um yeah and just as you said start small local park something like that um yeah either way forwards at the moment so yeah, i think the, the only sort of last question i had um for you guys at the moment um what was your kind of what's your favorite trip whether it's been your ultimate favorite one or whether it's your favorite regular spot like um Willacoom, but what's your kind of favorite sort of road trip or trip of of, of all time would you say oh, <laughs> I, I think that'd be different i think that'd be different obviously so you go first um i'm i find it difficult because i always kind of focus on probably the last adventure that we had because mm. it's the freshest in my mind so like our last summer adventure was the biggest one um of recent times because we've had a few shorter ones since then so we had was it 10 no was it longer than two weeks yeah, it was 16, just, up, 16 yeah, just days over two weeks um and see this is where joe's got to help me like, to remind me exactly where we went and which way which order it was so we we went away for 16 days in our van we stopped for a couple of nights in blenheim palace yeah um, then we went down to dorset oh, uh, yeah. did the Jurassic yeah. coast which was amazing. Um, more the the eastern side of the Jurassic Coast, kind of starting Swanage around to Norwood oh, and yeah. Dirtle Door. Yeah. And then we had one night in Start Bay, which yeah. is South Devon, near um, uh, Sulcombe, that kind of oh. area, mm-hmm. um, which was, we liked that much for that one night that we've actually booked to go again this summer, which, if we get yeah, to go. if we get to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then we went to Marazion for yeah. five days. I think five days, four, maybe four, four. Days. Um, and then we went up to Wollacoom for yeah. a few nights. So as you mentioned, like Wollacoom is one of our favourite spots where we feel most at home, um, like our second home, because uh, like well, Joe's been going since he was a boy, um, but then we've been nearly every year since we've been a couple, which mm. is a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone for like 17 years. Yeah, 17, 17 years. years we've been together. So we've been most years, sometimes a few times a year. Um, but yeah, that trip was amazing because it was a good mixture of places we'd been to before. So we had kind of at the end, we're looking where we could really relax and um, just chill out. And well, it's about the quantity for you. I think if you've, you've travelled quite a bit and you've gone to places you've not maybe gone to before and you're kind of aiming for a point where you you know everything about it and you can just kind of chill um and yeah, yeah. we love Bullacoom and it's just we went there in February um and a the waves were insane because it was a, a weekend of a storm um not that we registered in because it was dangerous but um mm-hmm. and very cold uh but yeah just little things like that I think you guys uh mentioned or recommended the um uh the cafe that's there what was it the that's always always a good visit it's lovely yes definitely and then there's just yeah just it's just nice there um yeah it's beautiful i mean my my favorite adventure um of recent years involves wallacoon but it was we went for a weekend in the van um weather forecast was good wasn't it so we thought we just we just 
so I would Just go down. Um, we were travelling down in the middle of the night on the Thursday night because you don't work Fridays, do you? No. So we had we were going down for the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Middle of the night, we got to about Bristol, and there was the Matrix board on the M5 saying that the the road into North Devon, the A361, was closed. Oh, you yeah. have to find a different way in. So. I just thought, well, I'll go the A39, which goes all the way across the coast, like Minehead mm -hmm. to, um, to Lynmouth, that way. Okay. Completely forgetting at the beginning of that journey that um, there's a hill there called Porlock Hill, okay. which is the steepest A road in the country. It's 25% <laughs> gradient. Wowzers. As I got closer and closer, I stopped and looked at the map and thought, oh, there's no way I can get down through, through Exmoor without going on tiny B roads in the pitch black in our van. I, I thought to myself, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna to go towards the hill. If I can't get up it, I'll roll back down because I trust my brakes are good enough. Yeah. And turn around in the morning, you know. Got to the hill, 25% gradient, and man, it was steep. It's yeah. like ridiculously <laughs> steep with hairpins, so you couldn't get your speed up either. Oh um, but the van in second gear, just, yeah, just bootled up it. And, <laughs> And I've got to thank my friend um, Martin, Martin Cox, um, who tuned our engine only a few weeks before. Oh, yeah. And it, it, you, whatever he did to it, worked some voodoo or magic or something, because <laughs> it, it just flew up it. And in fact, there was this Ford Mondeo behind us going up it that actually was going at the same speed as us, because I thought he was going to overtake us going up it, but he didn't. And so that was a good adventure. We got down to Wollacombe about midnight in the end. Yeah. One, uh, midnight, no, one about midnight, yeah. So we missed last orders at the Red Bar. Um, <laughs> but no, and we woke up actually the next morning overlooking the sea, thinking, wow, what did we achieve last night? Mm. Yeah, it was brilliant. So it, it, was an, it was a beginning of the adventure, kind of mixed with being petrified about rolling back down the hill yeah. and then you go into someone's front room um, or, not, or managing to make it up with, you know, getting, being happy about that. So. Yeah. That was good fun, but scary. Yeah, I think it's. I think the best adventures are they've got to have that little element of are we going to make it, <laughs> and I think that's um that's always a good thing with with kind of the VWs and and, and stuff like that. It's generally speaking, it's uh, a lot of people kind of you kind of have to realise that there are they are old vehicles. Um, whether you've replaced pretty much everything on them or not, it, they're still yeah. mechanical vehicles. Um, yeah, regardless if they're old, so things can kind of break, and you kind of. Yeah, just got to go where the VW wants to take you at the end of the day. But it's, uh, yeah, no, we've had similar similar issues with, with steep hills and stuff, but we've always been really amazed at how well just they just cope. They just, they yeah. just, they just you know, just, you can almost throw anything at them and they'll just they'll just keep going. Um, but I'm guessing sort of having disc brakes, do you have, have the disc brakes? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's usually my main concern because we've done a few things in times in the States where we've gone up the hill with like, Ah, yeah, now we've got to go down and we've got to come back down. Uh, and it's, yeah, we've had a few hairy moments where you really have to, yeah, yeah, have it, have it, get work all the gears, um, which you do with all the yeah. vehicles and stuff. So, so when you go down to Willacombe, do you normally, when you kind of get there in the middle of the night, is it a case you kind of do you try to find, um, do you go to campsite or do you kind of have that little, um, the road that's next to the car park you're trying to find a spot there initially yes well we've done we do a mixture of both um like the last couple of years have we done it like three or four times we've stopped one night on the road yeah so we'll get down at last orders at the pub let's say that 11 o'clock or something normally and park on the esplanade overlooking yeah. the beach but then that's the thursday night then the friday and saturday night we've booked into a um a campsite um, um 
So, and it's just yeah. getting up early and getting into the car park to get your spot. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, um, in fact, you've been in the same spot. It's many of you guys that are kind of, we've always kind of gone down there and, you know, we've known that's like, wow, I bet this gets busy super early. And we've seen that like, you guys are like, yeah, we travel through the night and you guys are a bit further north from where we live. So we're like, yeah. Yeah, we, we just have to get our bundling gear and get down there early. So yeah, I think we lucked out. We lucked out last time that we got there pretty early. And for some reason, somebody hadn't taken that little corner spot. Um, so I think we, yeah, we just kind of pounced on it basically. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it's a good little spot. And it was really weird actually in February to see it completely empty because they close it during the winter. Um, yeah, really yeah, we've been down in February before, and yeah, it's it, it's a bit eerie, isn't it? And yeah, it's yeah. nice as well. The beach is good. Um, yes, yeah. yeah. Like, if you get like the cold, if you get a cold, bright day, and there's just like only a handful of people about, is yeah, nothing can really kind of beat it. Yeah, really, rather than being. We went down in February one year, and I, I went surfing. Yeah, that was um, a mistake. And because <laughs> you didn't have the winter wetsuit or I have, balaclava. I've never or... been as cold in all my life. I've done it. I've done it once. It was. I don't. It was back in the days where um, not many of the places you can stay at were were kind of online. Because when I used to go down with my parents, we'd either do caravan or we would occasionally get like um, if we could get it early enough, we get like a little sort of chalet house type thing to stay at. Yeah. The days where they would have their telephone numbers in the window, you couldn't. It wasn't. You couldn't go online to find them. Um, so I think one year um we had written down loads of numbers and we completely lost a bit of paper that, that we had written oh, no. and we thought well why don't we do like the sort of thing my family would do it's like well why don't we do a day trip we'll just go down there super early go and grab all the numbers try and find a pub to have something on maybe have a walk on the beach if we're you know if we're, if we're warm enough um and then come back um and me and my brothers were like yeah we've got to we've got to take a board at least go out like and we went out and we were obviously completely freezing i think it lasted all of five minutes um <laughs> on the way home it actually snowed so it showed how kind of <laughs> um but yeah no it's just any time of year down there and it's especially if you get you know a nice nice summer or a nice kind of couple of long weekend where it's actually warm um yeah yeah, can't can't kind of really beat it really it's uh yeah it's always a place that we would love going to and i think i started you earlier i think the first trip we did we had a tent and we went down in my vw beetle didn't we and stayed in croyd um the baby farm farm campsite and that's kind of always where we head to so yeah, that's uh, lovely. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to go later this summer. Yeah, hopefully. fingers crossed. Hopefully, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. There's no wait point kind of panicking or, you know. No, no, at the end of the day, if you know, if we're, if we're healthy and we're able to stay at home, then I think most people now are like, okay, well, I think we'll take that um, as long as yes. we're yeah. healthy and, uh, and happy and we can kind of do that. But it's... Uh, yeah, it doesn't help when you look outside in days like today and it's nice and sunny. <laughs> no, no, you just got to behave yourself, haven't you? And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So thank you so much, guys, for taking the time to, to talk to us. We've been, it's been far too long. I've been wanting to do this for a long time, but I know yeah, it's, when, it's been when, on the last, when we last kind of met up, I think you guys had quite a lot of stuff on and you're all organising camp outs and stuff like that. And it was yeah. just like, kind of like, yeah, I think you, it's not the right time. I think we need to go there and let's catch up later. Um, when we've all kind of got a bit more time and obviously at the moment we do um yeah so yeah, yeah. Kind of, um i've got a bit of spare time so i'll hopefully be able to get sort of almost out uh almost if i'm if i'm organized can get maybe a podcast out a week i think at the moment um so brilliant what sort of a uh, number of sort of people already recorded or all lined up um so as long as you are quiet and keep yourself uh, <laughs> keep yourself uh 
nice and quiet for me on podcast, True for the Dog, then we'll be, we'll be all right, I think. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, won't take up any more of your time. Thank you so much. And what I'll do is no, I'll make sure that when, it's go, when it's going to go live, I'll give you guys a heads up. Um, and I will make sure that um, everything we've talked about, any links, anything like that, is all on my website, all out there available for, for people to look. And I will encourage everybody to uh, check both of your guys' work out because you are awesome individuals. Oh. So. Uh, you thank too. You, you both are as well. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Honour to uh, to uh, be included in your podcast. It's brilliant. So. No, no, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you, guys, and stay safe. Um, yes, you too. Best of luck with work. Anything that we can do from afar to help, don't don't hesitate. We'd be more than happy to sort of back you in anything um, that we can do. So, um, yeah, lovely guys. Thank you so much, and uh, hopefully, stay in touch. We'll speak to you soon. Yeah, speak right. to you soon. Cheers. Thank you. Bye bye. Take care, guys. Bye. 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 If you've enjoyed today's episode, please head over to wayoutwesty.com forward slash podcast. There you can find the show notes and some pictures and any details of things that we've mentioned throughout the episode. Loads more episodes in the work and pretty cool interviews coming up. So all coming soon, guys. Thank you again. I'll speak to you soon.